0: Joining us right now, uh, analyst for your Sacramento Kings, back home for 20 minutes, the one, the only, Katie Christensen. Good morning, Katie.
2: Good morning. It does feel like I'm back home for 20 minutes. You're right. Did (laughs)
1: you
0: even unpack?
2: You know what? I'm actually really proud of myself. Um, I unpacked. I had three suitcases. I unpacked all three, did laundry, put everything away, like I did that first thing yesterday morning. So I'm actually really proud of myself cuz after that five-game trip, it took me like a good like 3 days to even have the energy to unpack.
0: So, non-kid related, what was what did what was your big thing you knocked out yesterday project-wise?
2: Uh, it really was just um <laughs> It was just like unpacking, doing laundry. Um, I, I picked up dog poop in the backyard and like raked scrabble. So,
0: yeah. Played
1: you scrabble? Know, after
2: the rain, that was, yeah, because, you know, my backyard is a lot of gravel. So. Oh, I thought you um, said played scrabble. I did too. Yeah. Oh, no. I raked, I raked scrabble. Raked scrabble. Yeah. No, I, I definitely, I played scrabble. Yeah. Huh? yeah. <laughs> no. no, I mean, it's, this is, this is an absolute like, it's just a life that I get to come home to. Yeah, it's glorious and very glamorous.
1: At what point on this trip, Katie, did you go, Where am I? What city? What room? What floor am I on? Like I'm sure that happened oh, yeah. somewhere.
2: It did. Um actually in Cleveland, um, in the last place, which I'm actually really proud of myself, um, they asked me like what my hotel room number was, and I looked at them blankly. Like, mm. I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah normally you you'll forget like yeah. gosh like what what room am I in what floor am I even on but um yeah it wasn't till the the 7th the 7th city that I was like
0: <laughs> completely flummoxed Well and you know we'll get to tonight's game and the games ahead of us here in a second but then you go back out on the road this weekend and actually I'm trying to think Katie do you guys fly out do you know if you fly out like after the game? What is it? Right after the game, Friday, or do you end? Or do you fly to
2: Oklahoma City Saturday? Do you know that yet? Saturday, we we never fly out right after a game okay. unless it is um, back-to-back. a back to back.
0: So so you guys play Oklahoma City at noon, and what what we're trying to figure out here because we had Coach Jim Les from uh, UC Davis on. They're going to Hawaii for a game on Saturday. They're going to be on the plane during the super bowl Bowl. what what are you guys gonna do
2: you know i i know there's something that's got to be planned first of all they're really really fantastic um mike brown and kind of his culture and how he does things very different than any coach um that has been here in the past from the perspective of like they do a lot for the team the staff the support staff like it's a huge travel party that you know i think there's you know, 60 plus people that go on the road. Right. And so they do a really good job of consistently like setting things up and and doing stuff. So I'm really grateful because I've worked for this team a long time and that has not been the case in most situations. Um, But I I think um, first of all, you guys do know that that coach Brown's son, Cam coaches Mm -hmm. on the 49ers staff. Yes. So we've covered this fairly, fairly well. Um, There was no way that we were going to get on a plane and fly to Phoenix, which is what we normally would do. Um, We're staying in Oklahoma City, and I'm sure, you know, I haven't gotten the itinerary and I haven't looked, but I would bet a paycheck on the fact that they've got something planned and a place set up to watch the Super Bowl and food and all of that. So.
1: Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh Katie, on this trip, um, the other sidebar of it, that I mean, was a productive trip for the for the team individually. I think a lot of people back here expected to hear Sabonis and or Fox named to the all star team. It didn't happen. I know they both kind of handled that publicly about as well as you can. How did that feel though with the group, with the snubbing that everybody feels happened? Just Kind of collectively, what were people talking about on that trip about that?
2: Uh, it was more, you know, um, you kind of have your groups that you, <laughs> you know, are are kind of around a lot. And so um, the group that, that I spend a lot of time with... Um, I think they more listened to me complain. Um, <laughs> no. And so, and l- listen to me kind of vent my anger and just supported the anger, you know, like, I know I understand. I completely understand. I agree with you. Like, um, but you know, Coach Brown had his, had his words for the, the media, the players, um, the guys, Darren and Domas, and like I didn't like ask them one-on-one um, I didn't ask any of the players one-on-one. It came out in open media. Um, and so I will say from a demeanor and a performance stand- standpoint, they handled it incredibly well, which I expect them to do because they are classy, like professional guys. And... Um, I do know that, you know, there was an opportunity for everyone to watch it together. And there was some people that were like, Hey, I would just like to watch it alone in my room. Um, So I think that, you know, if you have a, you struggle with the news, then you're, you're alone.
0: (laughs) Katie Christensen with us. So this road trip, five and two, they had lost four in a row. Then boom, they went five of seven. Uh, It was an incredibly successful trip. They lost to Miami. Uh, and then they lost to, uh, well, who the hell did they lose? Cleveland. Cleveland thank you. Cleveland, yeah. uh, And weirdly enough, I couldn't be really mad at either loss. The Miami loss I was a little mad at because I feel like everyone was like, well, you know, Miami's really good, and here we go. And it's like, well, they also lost seven mm-hmm. in a row. Can we beat them, please? But then the Cleveland yeah. w- was like, Cleveland's just, holy God, they're really good right now.
2: Cleveland is a completely different team than we faced in, in November. And it, I said it on the broadcast. I don't know if you caught it. Like it very much uh, reminds me of the Utah jazz with Quinn Snyder in the bubble. That's when he made the decision that they were going to completely change the way that they played. And it was in the same way as Jamie Bickerstaff has done with, with the Cavs, And all of this of course came about because they had some massive injuries. Um, Evan Mobley was out, um, Uh, Darius Garland was out huge chunk of time and that's a big part of their team. And so, you know, they kind of decided, Hey, we're going to become a high volume three point shooting team. We're not going to run as much stuff through the paint, uh, through the low posts. We're going to really spread it out, open it up. And then when Mobley comes back, we're going to ask this guy that does not shoot trees, uh, volume and does not shoot them well to start to look for his three because they want, you know, with two seven footers, they're changing everything up and, and trying to to open up the paint more. And they have a bunch of really high quality shooters and guys that weren't really in the rotation that then got a great chance to be in the rotation. And they, they performed well, they shot the three well, and they're a really tough team. You guys, like I know, and I, I kind of genuinely, I kind of stay off Twitter. I very rarely go on and read things or read remarks or comments or what have you. I'll post the halftime box scores for people to have information-wise, and that's about it. But I did see... The other day, um, a complaint about, oh my God, this team defensively, and they just let people, you know, knock down threes and their three point percentages. And yeah, and when you you look at their three point uh, opponent field goal percentage on the season, it's not great. I, I, first of all, I think they've gotten much better over the last month and a half at that, at defending. Um, and, you know, I look at the paint, too. Last year, this team was one of the worst defensive teams in the paint. They're sitting at 15th right now. That's a massive improvement. And, yeah, teams have hit threes on them. That, you know, so, I'm not going to gripe and say you're, you're completely wrong. But you're wrong if you use that Cleveland game as an example. Because right. that's, that's crap. Because they were so good at moving the ball. And they very much play offense now like the Kings do. Extra pass, move it, you get a uh, pass up a good shot to get a, a better shot, pass up a better shot to get a great shot. And I thought the Kings overall did a really great job scrambling in defense, but they knocked down shots that got open looks because they were patient and moved the ball. And then on the other end, man, did their defense make the Kings work. And I can't tell you how many times, and this is not normal within the Kings offense, at, at a high percentage they made the kings use most of the shot clock and you do not see that very often with teams defensively against the kings so you know what you just have to give them credit i'm not at all mad at the kings and how they performed i'm not looking at this as like oh you should have gone six in one no be happy with how the road trip went and give cleveland their flowers
0: i don't yeah. give anybody credit you say that <laughs> on the broadcast all the time i don't I, No, i don't I'm giving anybody credit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, because
2: you're Captain Petty. Yeah, uh, that's fine.
0: Tom, that's his, Yeah, that's his nickname. Um,
1: Katie, I know you're speaking of social media. Uh, I would say over the last, uh, probably prior, before the road trip maybe, I think maybe all of Sacramento was like, trade Harrison Barnes, get him out of here, trade Barnes, trade Barnes, trade Barnes. Well – I mean, it's not one game anymore, Katie. It's not two games. He has been putting together his best stretch by far, consistently Thanks. being aggressive, scoring in a variety of ways. I know they say they're they're looking for him. You brought up the point in the broadcast that a lot of times now they've pointed out to him he might be getting the fifth defender on him, and yeah. he's taking advantage of that. So, hey, if this is the, the version of Barnes they're going to get going forward, I certainly like it a lot, and maybe it – I don't know if it's going to sway them whether or not they think they have to move him or not, but it feels like a different team when he's playing like this.
2: It does. I mean, he has played so well and been so aggressive, and that's what you want to see. Um, and I love it. And first of all, I love a free flowing offense, and and you know, I understand the pecking order of guys in terms of the offensive rank and kind of the order in which they're being looked at. But when you when you when you look at Harrison Barnes who is a proven veteran in this league, proven scorer, he shoots like 40% from three-point range. And there's games where he was taking three total field goal attempts. You know what I mean? Like, you definitely don't want to waste that possibility. So one of the things that I saw even through the course of this road trip, just a much better job of him getting to the corners in transition and those corner threes were available. And I think that having a a few consecutive games where – a they looked for him more. B he he shot the ball better and was more aggressive. I think that has kind of built his confidence and also kind of woken him up to be like okay, like I can contribute at a higher level on uh, he's he's an unselfish guy. So he's not going to complain that he's getting three or four shot attempts or whatnot. But I think that, you know, it kind of wakens you to the realization like, okay, I need to be more active and and involved in this offense because I can contribute and I'm not going to force the issue, but I'm definitely going to be aggressive. And that, by the way, in the NBA, it's a fine line between forcing it and being aggressive.
0: Yeah. and And the thing that's frustrating about him, I understand the selfish, the selflessness, I should say, but to your point, Katie, He's averaging forty-eight percent from the field, forty percent from behind the arc, eighty-one percent from the line, which is like insane for this team. So at, at some point, you know, you have these games with him where and he's
2: not a liability defensively. No, either. he's not. Like a- he, I mean, he definitely he... contributes and and takes a lot of the tough matchups. Hundred percent. So continue with your point. Hundred yeah.
0: percent. And and so where I think I get frustrated is like across the board, you're you're one of the more efficient offensive players on this team so if it's Mike Brown not running plays for him we've heard that before then start running plays for him if it's Harrison Barnes being unselfish start being selfish but I I, it it does get frustrating where he goes for 30 or 24 one game and then he goes for seven the next on three shots it's like dude there should never be a game where he's shooting less than eight ten shots a game
2: okay so I, I I understand the point and you're making a valid point but here's my question how do you figure out – I think, I, I think the, the circumstance that the Kings find themselves in now. Last year, they were an offensive, like, juggernaut, right? And they broke all kinds of records and this, this, and that. And, you know, Domas and De'Aaron were fantastic. Kevin shot the ball well. You had, you know, the emergence of Keegan as a, as a rookie uh, just shooting a light uh, out of the, the three ball. Look at how he's developed this year. Look at what Kevin Herter is doing right now. You've got De'Aaron, you've got Domas, and Harrison. So I think truly the predicament that the Kings are in right now is that they're starting five. Every single one of them is so offensively talented in their own individual ways. And I think what they have to figure out is how to get everyone involved. Like, they've not been in this situation before, you guys. It's like it's like when, you know, James Harden and Kawhi Leonard and Paul George got together in those first, whatever, five or six games, they hadn't figured it out. And then it took Russell Westbrook going to the bench for the Clippers for things to kind of iron themselves out. They've got a lot of freaking talented scores on this Kings, uh, you know, team. And, and five of them in the starting lineup. So tell me tell me the breakdown Dave of how many shots each guy should get okay is it a a game situation based on matchups and and who who got going and just going with the hot hand I think that's the dilemma the Kings find themselves in and they're so unselfish and they're such a, a team oriented kind of you know group of guys that sometimes I think they get a little bit passive so that I think is the thing that they have to figure
0: out. I don't disagree with you. I don't disagree with your point either. And there's only one ball. But if that's the case, and it's who's gonna who's gonna shoot, then put Lyles in the starting lineup and let Harrison with Monk when well, that's the issue his offense off the bench. Just flop him. Trey's a better defender.
2: A better defender than Harrison. Harrison?
0: not by a ton, but I think he's a better defender. No, I, I he is
2: not a better defender. I think he's a better I defender. Don't know. No, I don't think he's a better defender at all because Harrison can guard multiple positions on the perimeter going from guys like Brandon Ingram to, you know, you you, you go down the line of whether it's a two, uh, three or a four in different situations, depending on the team you're playing. Trey uh, Lyles, and I think he's a phenomenal team defender, but he's not someone that you can put in the starting lineup and have start on a guy like Brandon Ingram. You know what I mean? Like, that's that's an unfair advantage that you're giving the opposing team, and it's not fair to Trey. Um, Only because we
0: well, haven't tried it yet. Okay.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, do you change it up? I understand. I see what you're saying. Um, but, you know, this is why I paid to talk about it and explain what's going on, and then you've got the coaching staff that truly has to figure out how to – to put together the best rotations, best lineup, to, to get the most out of the roster that they have. And you know what? It's a, it's a it's a luxury to have a problem where you have a lot of talent.
1: Yeah. Well, and it's also the front office's job then to put that group together. They've got a group that's been successful. And I think that's the puzzle that Monty must be in now, Katie. It's, they've got a good thing. They do. Um, they always try to get it better. And if they can at the deadline, I'm sure they will. What's your hunch? What's your... Guess the way they're playing now. Again, we don't know what offers are out there, but if you if you had to guess, do you think they make a move between now and the deadline tomorrow?
2: You know, I mean, gosh, one thing I have learned from Monty's time and Monty being here, I will say this is that he's um he's never going to make a move for the sake of making a move. He will make a move. bagel.
0: Bagel. Sorry, hey sorry. bagel. I <laughs>
2: just bagel. I just got home. Um He will make a move if he feels like it's best for them long-term and it makes this team better. Um, And and I'm not going to name names, but we've seen plenty over the years here in Sacramento where you have a situation where a general manager is making a move because he feels pressure like he needs to make a move. That is not the situation that the Kings are in. So I'm with all of you guys. I'm really, really curious to see what Lonnie McNair and Wes Wilcox do. Um, with the trade deadline, like just really, you know, staring us down at this point. Um, So I I can't even, I can't answer your question. I don't know. I don't know. Like, do I think they need to No. Do I think they could, if they find something that makes this team better long-term? Absolutely. Go for it. But where do you do it? Like, I understand HB. I understand Kevin. I understand all these things, but you know, it's a business. You don't want to see guys go. It's hard to, to talk about that standpoint of things. But if, if you get a deal that is just like, you can't resist and it definitely makes this team better and it's not a rental, it's not someone on the last year of their contract and you're gambling like a Pascal Siakam thing, like hoping that you can get them to sign and stay, you know, after the conclusion of their contract, then yeah, do it. But I, 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 I've learned this about this front office. They are very, very careful and cautious about how they handle the trade
0: deadline. All right, well let's play let's play a fun game here. Uh earlier in the day, Katie, I put out a poll on Twitter. Would, this was the Kings fans, would you be fine if the Kings made no trade deadline moves? Now, we put this out uh just under an hour ago. a little over 500 mm-hmm. votes and that's a decent sample size. Jason, what percentage says what? Your guess.
1: Um, I would say, what you asked it, would you be fine? Would you be fine? And if is the, it
0: yes or no? If, yes. If the Kings made no trade deadline moves, would you be fine? Yes or no? I'm going
1: to say yes is 30%, no is 70%. Katie? Uh, I'll say 60-40, no.
2: 60-40,
0: no, and you said 30-70, no? Mm-hmm. I'm surprised at this. 55.3% of Kings fans say no. 44.7%. Oh. I'm, I'm bringing this up to make a point because that's lower than all three yeah. of us thought. I I honestly was more with you, Jason. Mm-hmm. I thought it'd be more 70-30 just because fans, myself included, like we're, we're impatient. We want to see moves. But I think, I, I this is my guess, kind of to your earlier point, Katie, I think money and, and Wes and company have earned trust with this fan base that they trust that if they don't make a move it's because if you knew the moves that were out there you wouldn't want to make a move either and I think that says something to the the, the front hey. office and the fact that they've earned it
2: by the way yes I I hope that they are given that grace no matter what you know comes out of, of the deadline right uh-huh. but I will say this We don't know, even as as media, people close to the team, the media that covers this team on a daily basis, you really have no true 100% clear vision into what is going on behind closed doors, the deals that are there, the talks that are being had, and that's the thing. It's like there's a lot of things you'll never know, and, and there could have been something that at the last minute they were asking for too much, and you know, Monty and West can be like absolutely not. That's a big piece of it. like Keegan Murray is off the table, right? right? Keegan Murray's off the table. To a point, Aaron yeah. Fox is off the table. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. So what are you going to get for him? It would have you know. It's like there's certain things that right. they're like if we're mortgaging a future piece of our of our core that is just now like starting to show glimpses of uh, Keegan Murray is going to be an all star. I know he's going to be. I've said it so many times, like, that's how much faith and belief that I have in, in the player that he is and the player he's going to be. And so it's like, it's the same thing with Halliburton. Understandably, he's a two-time All-Star. He's a brilliant player. But it was, it's like, okay, De'Aaron Fox, T- uh, Tyrese Halliburton, you know they're not going to, they they weren't going to work as well together as the, the pieces that we have now. Like, each one of them needed to be separated and to kind of run things on their own. That's how I view it and it's like you don't know what teams were asking behind closed doors for trades that were actually executed and ones that ended up not being executed that you'll never know about so have faith in the front office because you know what guys i agree with you they've they've earned it mm-hmm. i get it in the past but with past front offices they didn't they had not earned that grace yet yeah
1: Uh, Katie want to ask you about tonight I mean this is a challenge always we know it coming home after the trip you described how just hectic it was being gone that long Detroit we know the record's not great but they boy did they blitz the Kings the last time they played in Sacramento recovered and won that game Uh, these are these are danger games I know for everybody what's what's your thought on the matchup tonight with Detroit
2: you know what it is a tough matchup Um, they absolutely blitzed the Kings in the first quarter but the The next three quarters in Detroit, I think, was, you know, one of the better defensive performances. And then I can't remember the game right after Detroit because that's asking a lot of this, this like sleep deprived woman right now. Um, But I do remember that that it was like seven complete quarters of defense. So it carried over to the next game. Um, I haven't looked at the injury report yet. I just got home from dropping Jade off at school. Um, but I will say this, um, Jade and Ivy has been playing a lot better since, since the Kings played uh, against Detroit. And he had a great game against the Kings, but they've been giving him kind of more opportunity and more leeway. Um, so I, I do know that one thing is important back i'm completely messed up on my time zones right now we've been in on the east coast for so long and and switching time zones my sleep's completely thrown off the most important thing for this team to do is they've got to come out and have a better first quarter because there is a legit you know you know jet lag there's a legit kind of mental thing about coming back especially from a two-week long road trip so you have to go in and take this team very seriously and they have some really uh, really talented bigs as well, so it's going to be a challenge um, for everyone on the boards. Just making sure that you're not turning the ball over. A thing about this Detroit team is they're not great in half court offense, but they're really great at pushing and transition and free flowing because they're young and they want to play free. So if you can take care of the ball and not turn it over at a high rate, you're helping yourself um, in, in a huge way.
0: because there a bunch of babies? Ooh, three hours. Three, try try eight hours. Okay, three hour freaking time zone.
2: Like, that's not okay. even prime and Dave, time. And you have to come back and do what? I have to come
0: I have to come back and, th- and fill content for four hours the next day. It, it's 2 p.m. Yeah. to 6 p.m. my time. If I'm coming back from England, you guys are flying back on a private plane, first and, class. And, you're, and,
2: you're, and, and your jaw's sore? Is that the thing? Is, like, four <laughs> hours on an eight-hour flight or whatever the heck you're complaining about? I, and listen, don't make me start exposing for the reasons that you don't need to, to – um, acts like you're you're traveling like a
0: schlep, okay? Oh, hmm. Wow. Did you see feel her rolling up her sleeves right there? I did. Pulling out her bandana yeah. from her pocket, blowing her nose, putting <laughs> it back in, getting ready to go. All right, you. Well welcome <laughs> welcome back. Uh go do mommy stuff. Uh well well deserved and uh we'll see you tonight on the broadcast. All
2: right.
1: Okay. <laughs> bye bye. She was done with that. She us. was. Yeah. She didn't want to hear
0: ooh oh three hours of me the game starting at four come on man come on you and I are flying uh you know exit row Southwest if we're lucky if we're lucky yeah uh, if we're down in baggage with Jim Less. yeah fuselage yeah these guys are lying on couches yeah with with little cucumbers on their eyes Yeah, yeah. that's exactly how it happens <laughs> exactly what's going yeah. on we'll take a break when we come back four down territory brought to you by Mada Subaru first down hey. If you could write the script for the Sunday, what would it look like? Well, my guess is a piece of paper with some writing, but we'll get into detail. And I'm going to find out something during the break. Coming up right after this.
2: Jason
1: Ross. He has
0: a lot of pretty smart things to, to say. He's good at what he does. On Sacktown Sports, I'll read this text. I, I don't think this is unfair. I mean, I'm obviously I don't I don't I don't hide that Katie's my friend and I'm naturally protective of her. But I, I, from the nine one six, you know, in response to the trade question, yeah. Ka- Katie is. Well, I don't know if I agree with this. Katie is too emotional. I don't agree with that. Uh, but I would, Katie, let's take the emotional part out. Katie is too involved with the team to ask her input on trades. Of course, she doesn't want to trade because she has friendships with players on the team. I, mm-hmm. I think, look, that's a tough one because here, Katie is not going to let her friendships or whatever's, and I mean, I'm speaking for her now, which is always a problem, uh, get in the way of her analysis. I will acknowledge, I think it's probably really difficult to talk about that stuff when. Look, we've heard players say it before, coaches say it before. You see them more than you see your family, right? They're right. eating breakfasts and lunches and dinners together. They're on planes together. They're they're going through the highs and lows together. Yeah, she's not on the court, and Mark and Kyle, and they're, they're not on the court with them. But from the broadcasters to the players to the coaches to the uh, you know the 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 staff that that puts everything together, you know, they, 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 it's a lot more than us, right? And so. You know, I just always try to personalize it. I know it's a stupid analogy, but, you know, if, if we had radio trade deadlines... Oh, we'd I, be nervous. We'd be nervous. Yeah. And if somebody... If I was on a show in, uh, in Tennessee and they said, Hey, you know what? There's this rumor that... Um, jason ross uh and a couple of first rounders are being offered for uh colin coward to come join the mornings Mm -hmm. you know i'm just trying to you know on one hand i'm like wow colin you know i'm not really a huge fan but he's he's a big name and that would really help the station but on the other hand i don't want to trade because i know jason i love jason i've worked with him forever and so like two hall of famers are getting traded pretty much right you know one near the end of his career and the other I'm talking about Colin, of Oh, course. Thank you. The other one up and coming. <laughs> and, and you know, so I could see my my yeah. my thoughts would be clouded on that because I'm personally involved to a point. Well, we I think we've had look, we get attached to the players too. I mean, yes. think like Kevin Herter
1: was on our show. I really I mean, I really am a huge fan of it. Same First, as a person. Same. Now, when Kevin Herter wasn't playing very well this year, I think we said that. Yes. You have to say it. I think you have to be fairly critical in the sense where it's not where you're not making it personal like this player's a joke like right no this player's not playing well i mean yes or whatever it might be you can't these guys have got to make free throws that player is a good free throw shooter for whatever reason he's not making he's got to be better whatever the thing coach brown's that's a bad challenge i like mike brown he's the coach here i'm glad he's the king's coach doesn't mean i honestly i think that's Personally, I think that's one of the things he's not as good at is the challenge. Sure, that's my th- belief.
0: Yes, but numbers. That's just up. mine.
1: Someone else might go, no, I think he's really good at it. Okay, that's your opinion.
0: We talked earlier about everything being just a black and white issue, yeah. and it doesn't have to be right. You know, I mean, you correct things. You know, you say something your wife did wrong or right. a kid or whatever. You love them, of you course. Would defend till the death. Of the right doesn't mean you can't criticize. Sure. And so yeah, you're right about Kevin, and and that goes way back. Look. As media, as fringe media members, I would call Katie a core media. member. She's part of the team, right? Uh, you and I are, are are on the the outskirts looking in, right? But we still form relationships, sure. And I think that's something that that pe- that more media should be transparent. Would I? Is there a part of me that would like to be Walter Cronkite? And I call it as I see it, and nothing. No, but if you're if you're a media member who also is a fan, who I I, I believe Sacramento is the type of place where you can be transparent about that. Look. You're looking for a non-biased guy, and, and oftentimes my, I know for me, my love of this team translates into an, an almost inappropriate anger towards mm-hmm. them, and I'm harder on them sometimes. Yeah. But you're right. Like Kevin Herter, when DeMarcus got traded, I yeah. crushed I was right. crushed, crushed. Yeah. Now, obviously, I could see the reasoning behind it and right. the logic behind it. I was crushed, yeah. man. But two different views. Like I wanted him to be, at right. and you did not, and I
1: get it. Totally, and, and neither one you was right. Wrong. And right, neither, it, right. It's like that was someone you had a connect. I mean, again, I could totally, see the numbers. Totally, that was never a question. I just think where they are. I think it made more sense, but we could debate whether that was the right move or not.
0: And there are times where you go through that. And I mean, this is just peeling back the curtains, but you, you and I both know this. I mean, there, there's. I, I, I mean, when you when you know these people, um, you know, there's. Eh, I won't get into all that, but <laughs> <laughs> there's. There's times where you know you want to say stuff, but you also have to back off and, and understand that. Well, you know, I mean, you get access to certain people that the general public doesn't, and that's right. not fair. You have to judge them how you know, have to judge them yes. from the outside, and and that's tough. So, anyways, yeah. that's uh, by the way. From the nine one six, is Mike Brown not good at challenges, or are the people giving him advice not good at challenges? Well, maybe a little both. There is a team behind that, yeah. you know. I don't know. They just haven't, and maybe they're just in a really bad slump. That,
1: and I, I kind of. Wish the execution of that could be a little better. The referees are doing a really good job. Yes. I think league-wide of, like, they know there's a play, that there's a reaction. The You can just tell the bench is looking. Yes. So, it's like we're getting a review of the bench's review. Yeah. Like, challenge or no? Like, let's go. You know what I mean? Like, we have
0: to get – we're not sure, so let's look really quick. Okay, yeah, challenge. So I I also would like to bring back my idea of – Spend fifty grand a year plus benefits. Go hire an ex-referee full time. Mm-hmm. Sit them behind the bench. Their whole entire job is replays. I'm sure they could do other things like in practices point out what what isn't isn't a foul. But I, I honestly would would love to have that conversation with Imani. Like why why don't more teams hire ex-refs? Yeah. to work with them in practices to interpret rules and and to you know you've got coaches and everybody who have a of course a great understanding, but. You know, why not have an ex-ref who goes to all the meetings, who's aware of all the rule changes and the emphasis and who has connections within the league and understands what isn't, isn't going to be pushed. Yeah. And so he can work with these guys on this is a foul. This isn't a foul. This is a loophole. Take advantage of it. Oh, by the way, when it comes to replays, I'm the guy that's, you know, you see these guys on the, the broad, national broadcast that are like, this is a foul. This isn't a foul. And yeah, they have a little bit more of a benefit of having some extra time. But I, no offense to, you know, whoever does the challenges now, but yeah. I'd rather have, uh, you know, Philip McDonald-Schmidt <laughs> calling it X-Ref than another
1: guy. Yeah, plus you also have to know what your win is. I think it was Billy Donovan on this trip where he called a challenge. Um, whatever it prevented, it was maybe it took away a foul, but the Kings, however they, however they worded, had imminent possession. So he technically won the challenge, but it was Kings ball. Right. And he went, like, what was the win there? You saved a foul for a player that wasn't going to foul out. I just... Sometimes it's like, are you trying to save points, trying to save a foul, trying to save a possession? That one, it was just to save a foul, and I thought, that's not really winning a challenge to me.
0: It was Kings ball after that. I will tell you in conversations with the team, though, that their philosophy is if you don't use the challenge, you don't stack them up. Mm -hmm. So use the challenge whether it's in the first the third of the whole thing about 40 seconds in the into the game if you win the challenge you win the challenge okay yeah i know but if you lose it it's a killer then right? it is a big time yeah. killer all right that's that was a quick break uh we're going to take a break right now when we come back we'll get into four down territory and uh, if we have time we'll get into who's hot who's not and three in the key otherwise nope, we'll we do it. have to do that one we have to do which i'm sorry uh, who's hot oh we will definitely do who's yeah. hot and who's not we'll also do four down territory we'll do it next What's hot?
3: Yeah, hot. Real hot.
0: And what's not? It's not good. Brought to you by American Energy Heating and Air, Sacramento's complete heating and cooling company, and Second Opinion Partner. All right, just some programming notes here. Uh, we're going to actually move four down to 913. We'll do who's hot, who's not, three of the key right here, and then Emil Fragoso will join us live from Vegas at nine, and then uh, I guess it. I guess for the rest of the week, we we'll just just a long celebrity birthdays.
1: Yeah, it's actually a really good list. Is it today? A great list. Okay. I'm going to keep score between you and All Chris right. for the rest of the week to make a little game.
3: Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. oh.
0: Okay. Well, I'm loser
3: has gonna... to eat the rest of that Costco pizza that's yes. been in there for two days. It's fine. Oh there's my there's gosh. Wrong with that? Can you imagine like oh. what that can do to your insides? Yeah. yeah it hey,
1: would... did
0: I just <laughs> like sixty-one percent chance? Sixty-one percent. I mean, you know what? You yeah. Could, yeah. All right. Uh... A near miss, <laughs> and as George Carlin once said, "Why do they call it a near miss? Yeah, should it be a near hit? Huh. If you're going in, and like two two planes crash into each other, it's yeah. like, oh, they nearly missed. It's a great Carlin bit. Yeah. Should be near hit. Yeah. yeah, you
3: know what I'm saying? All right, who's up? Los Angeles Clippers. Yeah, they are. Since the seventy seventy one season, there have been three hundred thirty three times an NBA team started three and seven or worse through ten games. The Clippers are the first to be the first in their conference at any point in the season. So, a couple things here. Number one, that's a
0: really good stat, right? It's got background and context and all that. Number two, am I the only one that's like, well, no, I I can't be the only one. Like, now that we have, like, the internet and, and, like, algorithms and AI and whatever, like, Are you noticing, like, more and more, it's like, DeMontis Sabonis became the first person born in Lithuania to Mm -hmm. get nine triple doubles in the month of February when it's a full moon. And you're like, sounds great. Right. But, like, they're really— Very specific numerics. He's the first person to average triple double on 55, 80, and 91 on a team that wears blue.
1: Yeah. Here's the list of players that have done this, and it's like Sabonis. (laughs) I'm like— Okay. Right. Is it because there was the seven rebounds? I don't, yeah, instead of six. it seven, seven or not? Right. Yeah. yeah. Like, okay.
0: Well, somebody else did it with eight. Yeah. But he's the but, only one that's, that's done it with was seven. Although right. he's done it with seven-point. It's almost like Scorigami, but with stats. Yeah. Uh, who's not, Chris?
3: Scorigami is stats, right?
0: Yeah, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's a good point.
3: <laughs> and you're going to love this one, then. The Minnesota Timberwolves are not. Uh-huh, yeah, they're
0: I not. No, they're not at all. They
3: led the Chicago Bulls 69-47 to at halftime. Uh-huh they ended up losing 129-123 to 123 in overtime. It is the first time since 1988 since a sub-500 team who trailed by 20 points or more at halftime came back and won against a team who was 20 games or more above 500.
1: Whoa, Wolody. Wolody. Sorry, Timberwolves.
3: Sorry, Timberwolves. We have a I mean, Wallody alert. Is it, though?
1: What, 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 what? Hornets lost. Uh, yeah. They've had a few of ooh. these.
0: They're they not have. playing as well. I feel like we should. should we. Have, I think it would be great identify each team's willody i'm gonna ask the sales staff today be like we have a new benchmark that should... i want willody to get sponsored yeah and then we can just spend every night looking at the box score and then just go back to the schedule and be like we've got a Welody. Yeah, brought to you by speaking of businesses you would be a great sponsor for it i got great news if you haven't seen this sam's hofbrow to see the news here so sam's Hoffbrow burnt down yeah then the family came out and said you know what we just we're struggling anyways we can't reopen. We're closing it down. We're going to try to sell the space out. And then I think it was uh, sometime last week, they came out and they were like, you know what? I ain't leaving. I ain't leaving. Wow. They're going to redo it and reopen Sam's Hofbrow on El Camino near Country Club. And honestly, for anyone that spent any time in Sacramento, that was, I love Sam's Hoffbrow so much. You have to now definitely go. I want, no, no joke. Like, and I know we're, you know, there's going to be like lawyers, and you know, like rules, and it, I just make it sound stupid because I see this voice. But I want to do, I want to go out there and do like a grand opening. And yeah, I know that like i will be like, well, we can do this grand opening package. And the, no, like, can we just do something for the community and go out and support the damn business? Because Sam's Hoffbrow is a Sacramento institution. I call it Carmichael because it's super close. Yeah. It's an institution. Let's help them out. You've already done 90% of the work. <laughs> I've, right. I've tried giving them the mentions let's go let's go let's do it the right way yeah three of the key tonight brought to you by the future sam's hop sam's Hoffrow pastrami cut right in front of you and everything they have a slicer they've got a yeah it's a guy with a knife it's amazing (laughs) they have whole turkeys roasted and hanging in the window homemade pickles anyways
3: keep an eye on that one have you been you know, I've never been there. Oh, oh I've Jason. Never been. You know what? I don't think I've gone, probably since I was like 15, 16 really? years old. Really? Yeah. Oh, my goodness.
0: You know what? Call it right now. When they reopen. We're taking a show trip. Show trip. The three of us are going to Sam's Do They
3: have like mashed potatoes or something yes. like that? Oh, I okay. that. We
0: get mashed potatoes. You just go up there with your little tray. You pick the oh, I want the sliced turkey and some pastrami, and they give you that with the mashed potatoes. And you pick like the sides, and, like green beans or stuffing or whatever. You get the gravy on it. And then you get your drink and all the free pickles you can eat. And then you go back and you sit at your table and you just mash away. Yeah, we're taking a show. I'm taking you guys to lunch. They have good desserts. I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I've ever had it. To, probably. Sure. I don't know. Because you're so Mr. full. Mr. Hoffbrow. Doesn't yeah, yeah. Uh... You're so full afterwards yeah. that you just. You, you don't, don't need don't, it. You don't need it at okay. all. Your dessert is the pastrami the next morning. Pretty the key. Tonight. Tonight. Dave.
1: Tonight. Tonight. Uh, we're going to ask, guys, uh, the first basket. First basket made by the Sacramento Kings. We'll go to.
0: First basket from the Sacramento Kings is going to go to
3: Keegan Murray. That's my pick.
1: Okay, I have Harrison
3: Barnes.
0: Harrison
3: Barnes. Barnes. I've got Demonis Sabonis. All yeah, right. you're probably right. I love for yeah, Fox or probably. Herder. Yeah, right.
1: Okay, the other thing about tonight's matchup with Detroit, Keegan Murray versus Jaden Ivey. Two guys that were picked back to back in the draft. Oh. Detroit, remember laughing at Sacramento, laughed at us. Keegan Murray, La- did the disrespect. Yeah, and Keegan lit them up in the last game. Lit them up. Yeah, so hard. So we're looking for Keegan's points versus Jade Navy's points.
0: Uh, I don't have no idea what Jade nivy has been doing lately. If I'm being honest, so uh, I will say, give me 22 for old Keegs, and give me 12 for old. Jades, Jades, Jades.
1: Okay, I'm gonna go 20 for Old Keegs and 19 for Jades. Gotcha.
3: Yeah, yeah. I got 18 and 18. Oh, and even.
0: Wow, somebody hates Keegan. who won that. Who was more? Who had more?
3: Keegan. The Lakers. The
0: Bears.
3: <laughs> the Lakers have home court. Yeah, yeah oh, that's good points. They their, yeah. It's their lighting. Point.
1: Uh, and then we're looking for a random stat. You said you already had one ready to go, Dave.
0: I did, and I yeah. said it early. Oh, yeah. uh, Detroit will have a double-digit lead. Okay a win wait what no Detroit will have a double digit lead my dad says Sam's has a whole dessert station actually See, he's like right. what's yeah. the best they have Thanks, I'm dad. looking for a I response. think they have like some cream pies and stuff <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay Detroit will have a double digit lead what's next I, I'm gonna say oh. Cade Cunningham is gonna have a double double yes. by the end of the third quarter
0: there you go yeah
3: alright Chris yeah. what do you have I am going to say <laughs> Tried to go this for a while. He's finally gonna do it when I pick it. Yeah. Demon is the bonus. First half, double double.
0: Ooh. Okay. He almost had a first half uh, triple double. Yeah.
1: Uh bonus question that doesn't we can't really uh bonus
0: answer,
1: question answer by right this time tomorrow. Anybody that plays tonight in the Sacramento Kings that plays in the game, yeah. will this be their last game as a king? No.
0: Yes.
1: Yes, yes, and no.
0: Ooh, you th- you said yes. Uh-huh. The slams account. Could you do mascot trades? That'd be dope. We would not trade slams. I would not. Untradable. Yeah. Pretty didn't much. the Kings have the gorilla for a bit? They did. Yeah, yeah, they did. I didn't understand that. I think he was just on loan. Really? Like in soccer, the loan gorilla. Yeah, he loaned out a gorilla. Yeah, that's fine. He was he was okay. He ain't no Slamson. He was okay. He was fine. Yeah. Uh, we'll take a break. When we come back, live from Las Vegas, where uh, Allen is on fire. Yeah. I mean, they got Ronnie Lot coming up today. Michelle Beadle, tons of other guests, and he he's just taking just, pictures with Cam. Just took a picture with Cam Newton. Yeah. Yes. No. Cam Newton took a, a picture with, with Alan Allen Style. Styles. Huge
3: Zant energy. Yeah. yeah. Huge
0: Zant energy. Wait, is that? Okay. When we come back, a meal, not a snack, a meal for Goso live from Vegas right after this.